All right, here we are once again, the podcast with Pastor Dorian Cass of LAM. What up, dope? Watson, what's up, baby? Hey, man, you know me, just happy to be here, kick it with my guy for a little bit. Indeed, indeed, good to see you, man. Yes, sir. So, uh, just coming back, uh, we're going to go right into it this week. Uh, Our subject this week, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be, who's winning? And by, by that, I mean... In the count of us as Christians and saints and believers in this whole concept of God's in control and he's winning and he's the control of all things. But if you turn on your TV, it sure doesn't feel like it. If you look at all these different things that are going on in the world and we're going to jump into some of them as far as old fashioned, maybe and maybe not. And just how do we define success as Christians? Because right now, it doesn't look like it from the optics. So I'm going to see what Pastor Dorian has to say about some of these topics. And uh, guys, again, feel free to hop on the social media, add us, like us, whatever, so we can uh, get some of your follow-up and feedback to these topics. So I'll start with that, Pastor Dorian. How do we define success as Christians? How do we define success? That's a great question. Or um, to your initial comment, who's winning? Um, my take has always been... Um, the one who's winning is is whoever feels like they're winning. <laughs> you know, I don't want to uh, oversimplify, but like that's literally my answer. Um, whoever feels like they're winning, um, that's who's winning. Or whoever feels successful, that's who's successful. Um, I think that's a, you know, might be an oversimplification, but I think it's an important one. Um, you know, my brothers and I used to laugh. It's, it's, it's funny back in the day, you know, everybody, there's style and there's a certain way you're supposed to dress. Right. Uh, but as we got older and when people didn't dress that way, you know, there would be somebody to be laughed at or, you know, like all his, his clothes are, are, you know, are funny. But after a while we started realizing however he or she is dressed, if they feel like they're winning, like, guess what? They're winning because what it boils down to is how you feel about how you're dressed, how you feel about what you're doing. So in the most simplest terms, whoever feels like they're successful is who I would say okay. is successful. So let me just jab back at you with okay. that because uh, I'm a sports guy and yep. I don't believe in ties. You know, sure. You know, you don't take your sister to the promise, they say. And. That means, because I would suppose that someone in the world who's dealing with all the different things, they are, they look at us like we're crazy mm-hmm. and they think they're winning because they get to go do whatever they want or think they are. And just that's it. Yet we as Christians are like, man, you know, you really should try this, this, this thing called heaven we're trying right. to get you into. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it's becoming more and more of away from that. Like we're the bad guys now. Mm hmm. Well, so, so the the question then that I hear um, and the discussion that's necessary when we're talking about success and, and why someone should choose, you know, our side versus the other, it starts before we get into, um, you know, describing success and our version versus theirs. And this is for believer and unbeliever alike. The main question that we as human beings have to start with is the questions that are found in Genesis. So the, after Adam and Eve sinned, God asked them two questions in the, initially. Number one, the first question is, where are you? He's looking for Adam and Eve. They've hidden themselves. The first question God asked them is, 
where are you? And they said, we've hidden. Right. Because we're naked. Right. 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 So then the second question is, who told you that? Who told you that? So so when we start trying to understand the human condition and then our specific condition, the first question is, where are you? Like, on on what path have you found yourself? Like, what are you pursuing? What are you after? So that's you're on the track right now for career success or for money. That's it. So then the next question all of us must ask ourselves, and specifically we're talking about success, but it's with anything. The question we have to ask ourselves is, who told you that is the track you should be on? Who told you having a lot of money is what makes one successful? So that's where we have to take a step back. And if you're a believer or an unbeliever, you have to ask yourself, what what have I spent most of my life pursuing? Mm-hmm. You know, what have I invested most of my time and energy and effort in? And who told me that was the right place sure. to spend my time? And that was how I was going to define success. So first and foremost, I want to start the conversation and get the listeners to thinking as it pertains to everything in their life. But specifically, however you and however we define success The question first has to be, who told me if I achieved that, if I possessed that, if I got that, that's what success is. And I think you might be surprised where that definition came from. Like, and and I think there's a reason this conversation is important in light of the previous conversations we've had about anxiety and depression. Like there's a logical connection, right? Yep. Between being successful and not being successful and the depression that comes from not feeling like you've accomplished accomplished what you're supposed to or the anxiety that comes from trying to trying to right yeah so if all of these things are connected we need to be very careful with who we're allowing us who we're allowing to set our definitions of success and employers people with products to sell us people with educations to sell us because unfortunately they're selling educations now they're the ones that are setting these bars of success um, that I think is really causing these high levels of anxiety and then in turn depression. So my first question is is one that I think everybody needs to consider is who told you what success means? Right. And see, that's why I go back to the number one, the start of the question is mm-hmm. as a Christian, what would you define as success? Like at the end of the day, we all, we want to get to heaven. <laughs> I right? But, you know, we don't know where anybody's going until that day comes sure so outside of that is there any measure of success you can as a christian now we're talking strictly for the believers for here. the believer yeah so young old now middle-aged. this is this is interesting and this is this is something that um may um call for another a whole separate conversation i don't believe there are different definitions for believers and unbelievers i believe the definitions the bible gives us are for believer and unbeliever alike the difference is who believes it as opposed to who doesn't, not who does it work for and who is it right for. So that's number one, but that's an aside. So, but if I'm talking to a believer right now, as a matter of fact, I'm talking to anybody that's listened to this. Okay. And so, so first and foremost, now what's success for me and what's success for you, Justin, might be two different things. But this is the first thing that I'll tell you, uh, not success, the definition of it, we must, there's two different ways to look at success. It's either achieving or attaining wealth, respect, or fame, 
or I think this is the other definition that's more important. It is the accomplishment of an aim or a purpose. Okay. So for instance, our aim and purpose today is to record a conversation. Right. If we plug in our equipment properly and set our settings right, <laughs> y'all, it was a whole lot of stuff that went on today before we click record. So if we do manage to record this conversation and get it down and so we can share it, we will have been successful today, right? Correct. Regardless of how many people listen to this, because our aim today was to set up and record, we achieved that purpose so we were successful. So, so, so that's number one. Now, biblically speaking, what I believe about success is that each person's definition of success, hear me, I don't want to wax too philosophical with this. I love when you say that. <laughs> it, it, it is derived from your created being, not from the invented structures of man. Okay. So, you know, you got to clarify. So, 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 so again, we're starting with where, how did, where, we, where do we get our de definition of success from? Where is that bar set? And I want you to know that the bar that is set for each individual, if you want to figure out how and what you can accomplish in life that would make you successful, you need to search for that within the being God created you to be as opposed to a structure that man invented and created. So for instance, there I'm created a male and I've been blessed to be a father, right? Okay. So success for me as a person is found within my created being as a father. So being a good father is where success would be found for me, not within an invented structure. Now, I work for a company that has different levels of management, leadership. They've got managers, supervisor, directors, VPs. They've got, that's a man invented structure that unfortunately many people look for success in. If I can right. get to director or if I can get to VP, that is success. So you got two places you can look for success in. That's something God created you to be mm -hmm. versus a structure man invented okay. that we can try to place ourselves in. And unfortunately, too many of us look for our definitions of success within an invented structure. Okay. Now, so this is important. I, I, Go ahead. D d does that make sense? Yes. Uh, I, I, I'm there with you basically saying the creation from what God intends versus what man has come up with on their own. Absolutely. Absolutely. But this, and this is really, really important because God is very, very concerned with where we're deriving this from. So Romans chapter number one, I'm reading out the English standard version because it's a little clearer. Okay. There's a lot of things that's in Romans one. And here's the crux of it is for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to, dis to uh, the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Now, okay. this is okay. now this is I'm telling you, Watson, this is crucial because it comes to the debate where and I, I've said this is my 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 usual statement. I ain't trying to start no trouble. <laughs> For instance, the difference between we got mothers deciding that their success 
lies not in being a good mother, but in having a career. So I feel unfulfilled because I was a mother as opposed to I was a CEO building cars. And the glory of God is expressed in motherhood, not in CEOs, but we've exchanged the glory of God for a lie that says you'll be successful if you climb the corporate ladder. We've exchanged the glory of God that says being a father, a protector versus a CEO. Which one will you worship and which one do you believe glory actually lies in? What God created and set in place or what the cre creature, the image that we're after that we says is success. Okay. That speaks to kind of a statistic I want to get to in a little bit. So I'll, I'll definitely hit back to that too. And is that, that clear? Because that's the best, that's, that's really the battle. When I say where your definitions come from, yes. we first have to look for success in the things God created us. To so be. let me ask you this then okay. to dig deeper into that. Speaking to, let's say a 17, 16 year old sure. male or female sure. listening to this right now, they're not there yet as marriage fatherhood things like that they're thinking about senior prom mm -hmm. or pictures or something like that what's success for them at this age and stage in life you know maybe they're not trying to be a ceo but they're just going about their life and trying to do things how can they find measures of success when you know because i you know like you say i'm at this age and stage where being a good father sure being a good husband is a measure of success sure. but to that 16 year old that's not even Cross the mind yet like yeah mm -hmm. one day so then here comes the, the 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 next step and it's the same for 16 year olds as it is um for adults is what does it mean to be a good son you know what does it mean to be a good daughter what does it mean to uh walk up right before god so and and for our children this is why it's necessary for us as adults to have this conversation appropriately because we need to be pointing them on the path to success. So the first thing that I want to tell a teenager is number one, don't fall for the lie that your career is where you're going to find success. Okay. Now for, for, for many teenagers, the first thing I have to tell them is where success isn't. Okay. So, you know, you got all of these guys that are peddling all of this success talk and motivational speakers, man. Right. Those guys are liars. Can I be honest with you? And I'm not going to call too many names. Please do. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I mean, be, please be but, honest. But I, I want to, the saints don't believe the lie of most of these motivational speakers that act like they never sleep. All they do is work that act like you're kind of some kind of schmuck if you're an employee and you work for someone and you don't own your own business. Like, that's a lie. It's not true. It's a new hip trend. It's not true. You know, that if you don't make a certain amount of money or drive a certain kind of car, like all of the studies that are coming out, that happiness is it's amazing. Um, if you do stuff, you, you read books and articles on success right now and happiness, they'll tell you things like, oh, money doesn't make happiness that meaning is what makes for happiness. So for a 17 year old, I'm going to tell you the most important thing you can do is mean something to someone else. Okay. Like you have to find a way to mean something to someone else. So if you don't have money, you can be, <laughs> if you're poor, most teenagers are poor. <laughs> so that's why going and helping your grandmother with, you know, in and out of the car and up the stairs and carrying her groceries in and driving her to and from church. If you can mean something to someone and that's what God created you. You know, he called the young because they're strong. So you can be strong for someone. 
like you can find success okay in that meaning all right all right i like it so hopefully our uh, young adults and young listeners uh were able to take a little bit from that and again hit us up if you didn't so <clears throat> just transitioning staying with it and uh looking at uh again this overall track of who's winning yeah uh because at the end of the day you know it's again you just turn on the metrics and right now, America, you know, we're a Christian nation. We're founded on Christian values. How, how, really? Um, you know, that's what they how say. I would argue that point. I don't know if we're a Christian I nation. I mean, it's on our most, I mean, if it's on our dollar, right? Because <laughs> that's what, that's what our big There's other kind of symbols on our dollars, too. You know that, right? And God we trust isn't the only symbol. That's true. On our money, Watson. There's, a, there, there's a, some of the next level conspiracy theories. There will be a separate chat. <laughs> but in the sense of the uh, the concepts and principles that made America great. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> but at the end of the day, uh, America right now is about 75% Christian, or at least uh, would identify themselves as Christian. Mm-hmm. Study back from 2015, you know, maybe the numbers changed a little bit from okay. there. But the overall trend is still pointing downward because back in... 2012 just three years before that it was 78 percent then going all the way back to 1990 it was 85 percent and going back further it was higher and higher sure so we see the winning side of us being a christian nation that number declining so it would seem like again who's winning in the fact that believers are dropping and then we're not even going to talk about of those believers Oh, Watson. <laughs> oh, Watson. You're going to make me preach. Now, so here's here's the problem. And most churches, many Christians and many churches do the same thing. God, uh, his ways are not like our ways, right? And his wisdom is hidden wisdom. And a church that counts winning by number of people and statistics like that is no church of our God. God doesn't look at things the way that we look at them. Otherwise Jesus would have lost on the, when he was on the cross. Right. And many ran because they thought him dying was him losing or Jesus would have lost because uh, in John six, when he says you have to eat my, flesh and drink my blood and the thousands of people that were following him they ran and he was left with only his close disciples sure you know if we're counting like men count and if 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 we're trying to fit god into this box of winning the way men describe winning god never described winning that there will be more of us than there are of them okay there is no th- god didn't create that measure we did that's why the, the question again goes goes back back to to, who told you that who told you the united states being 75 percent versus 70 percent so-called christian means we're winning that 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 has nothing to do with it now i i would i would reckon and say of the ones that are true christians how they actually behave themselves and and how they profess their belief through their actions is really what's important statistics and that's where it's kind of a hard measure and metric to find as to okay like this is what they claim and then this is how they actually live i mean it would be hard to get that metric in this very church where we're of course tied to people of course however it's just an indicator of seeing less and less and more and more away from god an indicator of what watson that's an the in- question 
An indicator of what? Is God not saving who he intends to save? Has the power of the gospel lost any of its effectiveness? Like, are these indicators of that? No. Even more so, it is a very myopic and Eurocentric view of Christianity to believe it's on the decline when Christianity is exploding in black and brown countries all over the world. Americans are the only ones that believe what's happening here speaks to what God is doing in his overall plan. When evangelical uh, spirit filled Christianity is exploding all over the Catholic uh, uh, South America, when African countries are being being and accepting the gospel and Christianity is exploding in Africa. Only America would believe the church is failing just because we're failing. <laughs> <laughs> it is a, a global thing. I'll yeah. God that. wins. He, 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 so, so if we're going to talk about the things of God, we have to let God be true and every man a liar and, and, and believe in his providence and uh, uh, his control and, that God is going to get his number and he's deciding. Sure. Sure. So he, he's never losing Watson. Okay. He's always winning. Now <laughs> me on the other hand, I can lose. Uh huh. Cause what profit a man to lose his soul? Like if you gain the whole world and lose his soul, now I can lose, but God and his church, his church never loses. Okay. So let me, uh, cause basically Every other statistic I kind of played through, you could just say the same answer then. So I won't hit mm-hmm. you with all these other trial stats. Because I took a very defiant towards, stance on that one intentionally. Yeah, it, so I, I won't be as it, as it, it, as it, as argumentative. So we could talk through some of the other statistics. Well, it's just more of like things that speak towards uh, more classic things that you see us going away from because again our values i guess per se are becoming less yeah. and less loose now that's we so, can talk about like for instance uh I'll skip kind of down to uh, I won't go. I'm going to skip over atheism just for now, because that's Mm. sort of kind of declining. It's more of just I don't really believe in anything. That's the increase. Yes. Um, Yes. I want to the age of nuns. No religious affiliation. Yep. And that's what's really going, because right now it's at 21 to 24 percent, which they're saying, you know, does include atheists. But the majority of that is made up of uh, people who believe in God, but just don't ascribe to a specific religion. Mm hmm. Yet, I want to talk about this weed. You know, they want to soft call it marijuana, you know, make all these different things. It's called marijuana. And it's called it, I want to call it what it is. It's weed. It's okay? marijuana. Man. Marijuana sounds Weed is actually its nickname. Marijuana, marijuana is its real name. It was weed when it was in the hood. It didn't become marijuana <laughs> until all of a sudden Everybody it called it weed. A That's a nickname. $10 billion industry yeah. last year. Uh-huh. And numbers projected as high as 140 billion by yep. 2025. Yep. Something that was just illegal is now a 140 billion dollar potential yeah. industry. Yeah. So now that it's legal, can I invest in weed stock? I mean, because you know we're just who's winning if we can just let go of our morals and let things just go. So that's 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 the problem with definition of winning and trying to categorize this as winning because you bring that that up i go to different things i go to the percentage of 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 arrests that were made for marijuana possession 
and distribution. And it was like, I can't remember the statistic, but it was like 80% or something that were black or brown that were arrested for marijuana possession. And, and, and now like 98% of the licenses to sell it have gone to white people. So we spent <laughs> decades getting arrested and sent to jail for it. And now uh, that it's legal and can be used to make legal money, uh, no black and brown folks get to make money off of it. Like sin abounds in every situation. Smoking weed or not smoking weed isn't the biggest crime that's going on with this whole this whole deal. And I so um, again, and that's just me thinking about the other things that go along with it. Who's smoking yes. it or not isn't the only issue here on the table. Um, but I don't. But but again, the things that would make Christians start asking those kind of questions and and wanting to press into some of those things is if. By a definition man has set, we feel like we're losing because somebody else is getting rich off of weed. So I'm 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 not getting rich, so maybe I'm losing. And that's when it goes back to I must have bought their definition. Um, you know, because even again, I'm not trying to be too argumentative, but to go back to your statistics sure. when the church is losing it, it you know, numbers and declining numbers, I think it's because we've been buying some of the world's definitions of things and we've lost our distinctiveness. Um, when it comes to how we define success, we started chasing after some of the things that the world says is success. And we're going to lose at that. If we try to use the Bible to chase after things that the world says is real and true and successful, we're going to lose. So if we believe our offerings are going to get us rich and they go into work and we're trying to give an offering to get rich, <laughs> we're going to lose. You know what I mean? If we're trying to use this to stay healthy and they got doctors in medicine, you know, and all we got is blessed water and <laughs> handkerchiefs that's been prayed over, you know, we're going to lose if we're trying to 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 fight that battle that way. So I, I don't, you know, should I invest in weed because they're getting rich and I'm going to lose if I don't? Nope, because you can get rich off that and still lose. According to what I believe the Bible says, Solomon is a, is 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 great example. He was okay. rich and had wisdom, and he came to this conclusion. And I don't believe most of us, we don't believe it. But he said he come to the conclusion that all is vanity and vexation of spirit, meaning he had as much money as you can have. Right. You know, he get got everything that you could get, everything and he came everywhere. to the conclusion that all of this is nothing but vanity and vexation of spirit. Meaning it's good, but it's it's goodness is fleeting, it's transitory. When it's vanity, it means it's transitory, meaning no matter how good a meal you eat is, you're going to be hungry again. You know, that that's that's Solomon's conclusion is no matter okay. what good you get in this world, if it's of this world, its goodness is fleeting and transitory. So how much money is enough? If you're a human being, there is no such thing as enough. Okay. There is no. Well, let me take that back. I take that back. There is enough for your needs. Okay. There is a there isn't a number that will make you not need or not want rather anymore. You know, you see what I'm saying? Like, there's enough to cover your needs, yeah. But there's never enough to make you say, "I'm not gonna still go after some more." Okay. <laughs> Got you. Always be chasing the next dollar. The next one. Okay. So, uh, just really quickly, one last thing, just into the statistics and kind of, I want this, I want to see if maybe if you can go back to, uh, some of the last couple of weeks in, mm -hmm. uh, the anxiety and depression. Cause, uh, this study came from Forbes that, okay. uh, alcohol use has been going up increasingly as well. Um, again, another 
what do you call it, um, sin per se. You know, maybe we can talk about another episode, whether it is or isn't, whatever. But use of alcohol has gone from 65 to 73% in adults, which equates to about an 11% increase. Mm -hmm. And of those, it went up from 10 to 15% in high-risk alcohol use. So not only are people drinking more, but they're drinking harder. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's coming even more so in specific sectors of women, minorities, and things like that. Yep. Um, Do you think that you see that coming from, again, the winning side of it or maybe the pressure and anxiety of all other things? It's it's coming from a faulty definition of success. They're creating – they're chasing something they weren't actually designed for. So alcohol use going up, drug use going up, you know, we're having this epidemic of addiction – um, in this country, um, depression going up, anxiety going up, suicide rates going up in people in children as young as eight years old. I've been seeing it. You know, these all of these say something is broken. Yep. And what I believe is broken is our definitions. So we're trying to use a screwdriver or a butter knife as a screwdriver okay. and it's going to bend and eventually break. And what we're seeing is a society that's bending and on the verge of breaking because we're trying to shoehorn our mm-hmm. meaning, our purpose, our success into these man-made definitions that we're really not designed for. That's why I said earlier that our success is found in our created being, not in man-made definitions. Because man-made definitions, they bend and break you to fit a purpose that really isn't for you. Where when you walk in God's purpose, his call and his plan, what he designed you to be, it doesn't break you. It, it, it grows you. Even if it's difficult, you're better for it. So this is why um, Solomon comes to the conclusion that, that let us hear the conclusion of the matter. Some of you all know this is Ecclesiastes 12 and 13. Spends all of Ecclesiastes talking about what it is to be rich and, and all of these lessons and things that he learned. And he said the whole conclusion of the matter is to fear God and keep his commandments. And this is the whole duty. This is the whole obligation of man. And remember, success is the accomplishment of an aim or a purpose. So if my duty, my obligation or my purpose is to fear God and keep his commandments, if I manage to do that, I will have been successful. Okay. Now, if I put that down and worship the creator over the create the creation over the creator, I'll break my neck. Yeah. Trying to be a CEO and then when I become CEO, find out it doesn't mean anything. And then what do I do? Now I'm depressed because what I spent my whole life chasing after I found out, it's fleeting. So success, Proverbs says success, successful or blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain of her is better than gain from silver and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. So if you want to be successful, the duty of man, fear God, keep his commandments And you're blessed. You've acquired wealth. If you find wisdom and understanding and it's what wisdom is, what God says about us, what God says about the world, you know, and understand who you are. 
when it comes to God's plan. That's those are the successful people. And you don't need a lot of money. You don't need a lot of debt. You don't need a huge car. You don't need a huge mortgage. You know what I mean? You don't need to work 70 hours weeks to do that. Those things break people. Right. Where what God calls us to do is what Proverbs said. It's pleasantness. It's peace. So those are the things we have to fight these definitions. And trust me, it's easier said than done to go. You're really successful if you keep God's commandments when everything <laughs> else in the world is saying get rich. But my right. job today is to if number yeah. one, if nothing else is to challenge your preconceived notions with the question God posed to Adam and even the garden is whatever. Where are you? Where where are you spending your time? Where are you investing your energy and effort? What are you going after? What track are you on? And then the second question is, who told you that? Who told you that that's what you're really supposed to do? If you can really start interrogating those things, your life will change because that's the, 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 the key to making good decisions and getting on good paths in this life is being able to interrogate ourselves, to interrogate our motivations, right? So that's the first thing. Interrogate your definition of success and then see what the created being. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm over my time, but I just want to dispel one myth. And I alluded to it when I was talking to our teenagers. Yep, go ahead. Is this a lie that your purpose is found in your job? Okay. This whole thing of find your your, your job, finding a, your passion. You know, if yeah. you love what you do, you'll never you have a day, day of work in your life. life. That's, 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 that, I don't want to use hyperbole, but it's ridiculous. <laughs> Honestly, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm laughing, but I agree. That's a, that's a 20th century I've invention. I plenty of jobs and I work It isn't even about loving them. That's a 20th century invention that a job has to have some higher purpose and meaning. Jobs previously where we were farmers, that's what your family was, that's what your family did, and you found meaning else, elsewhere. Now we've created like, I'm going to go to an ad agency and I found some higher purpose. It's a lie. <laughs> it just sounds good. Like I say, that's what these a lot of these, um, you know, motivational speakers and 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 Instagram famous people for having money and dogging and telling everybody how to get it. They're peddling this lie that your purpose lies in some man-made device of capitalism, of corporate structure, of financial competition. It's a lie, and it's meant to put us on a track that will bend us, break us, and pull us further from the will of God. Who he created you to be? Now, some people are blessed enough that their created being can fit into a monetized system. So you're a creator. You're a singer. And God created you to sing. And people okay. will pay for what you sing. Great. But that's not for all of us to be searching. It's not talking about me, folks. <laughs> you can hold a note, Watson. I heard you sing before, brother. That's pretty good. But, but that shouldn't be what all of us are seeking after. God created you to be something. You can have a job. Yep. Just a job. It pays your bills. You go, you clock your 40 hours, and you go home. That's, you're not a failure for that. Matter of fact, the vast majority of us, that's what our lives will consist of. A job. And then we find our meaning, our purpose, and our definition of success and who God created us to be as fathers, brothers, sons, mothers, daughters, aunts evangelists, preachers, teachers, missionaries, deacons, elders, you know, these things are where success and meaning. You have to mean something to somebody in order to be successful. Meaning something to somebody. To somebody. Something to somebody. 
Now you are somebody yourself, and you no longer nobody. <laughs> I feel like that was something for somebody. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, no. But all jokes aside, I really do hope you folks caught that last part where you can hear the passion in Pastor Dorian there as uh, I enjoyed it. Sometimes I catch myself getting ready to shout. But uh, <laughs> we are over our time, so I'm just going to hit one quick subject here to wrap this up with uh, my main man, Tiger Woods, Uh-oh. is back. <laughs> Green Jacket won. Shut it down. Just really quick, give us your take on it, however you want to talk about Tiger before, after, moving forward. Just give me a hot take on Tiger. I'm not going to, you know, whether he's the greatest of all time, whether we as blacks should be his best friend again, Uh let him back in, whatever you want to just get on quick. I say this, ultimately, a couple weeks ago when he won, it should tell everybody, like, when you come across greatness, it should be appreciated. Like... Genuine greatness, not people who can win or not people who have won or made a lot of money. But when you come across somebody who is genuinely great and Tiger is a different breed of greatness um, and the world watching and being captivated by him being back in contention and winning says, man, whenever you come across greatness, you better appreciate it because it doesn't come across around uh, very often. Not like that. And he's genuinely um Great. Now, I think us black people, we can decide to make somebody ours, even if they don't deserve to be ours. But that's a whole other conversation, man. I <laughs> I appreciate Tiger because of how genuinely great he is. Fair and, enough. And I'm going to appreciate Fair it. Enough. And that we can just ask the question, is he going to catch Jack with major uh, victories? Right. He's at 15 now, down three. So I'm going to say yes. You I'll put that gonna, on record. He's going to do it. I needed to see that his back could hold up and that he could get his mindset back for his putter. Yeah. He's still not he's still not himself. He's not. I can see his his putter game is still a little shaky. If the putter comes back, he'll finish with 22 23. Wow. If the putter wow. doesn't, he'll eke wow. it out at 19 or 20. The whole the hard thing about injuries is they can come up at any moment. It's true. His so back is only thing. fused. It's only it, fused. Yeah, it's not that's fixed. the hard thing, but it's he's he's genuine greatness the likes of which we haven't seen very often or very many times in our lifetime. So I'm just going to appreciate it. I'm going to try not to ask all the deeper questions of what his racial or ethnic (laughs) background means. I'm going to just enjoy it as a sports fan. As a sports fan, it was a great weekend. That's for sure. Awesome weekend. All right. Awesome weekend it was. Awesome show it was. Thanks again, Doe. Always. All right, Watson. Yep. Appreciate you.